Hey, welcome back to Struggling with the Bums. In today's episode, we'll be tackling education, trying to give our perspective on education and then taking a look at what education may look like elsewhere in the world and how the U.S. compares, really. Um, And once again, this is just our perspective. This is not at all meant to be, you know, generalized. This is how everyone thinks or anything. This is just from coming from us. And uh, this is definitely one hill um, I'm willing to die on for certain parts of education. Um, and I'm sure the bones feel maybe similar in that. Um, so to start us off, uh, Bryce, why don't you talk about your elementary and high school experience? Just like thinking about like, did you feel like, oh man, you were just, you know, all about school? Uh, well, I mean, as I previously, I think to give context for me, as I previously said, had a ton of learning disabilities. Uh, grew up in medium, small town in Oklahoma. Went to the poorest elementary school in my district. And let's just say resources were lacking. I actually did really bad. Well, I did really bad through all of elementary school. I don't know how grades come out, but I knew I was always at the bottom of my class. And they didn't even know I had learning disabilities. So I think I was in second or third grade. And it was a teacher, it was a really good teacher I had, probably one of, probably the best teacher I've ever had, which was in second grade. And she noticed that I couldn't spell for shit, no matter what, and like opted to have my mom get me privately tested because I guess schools are supposed to have people that test kids if they have learning disabilities, but mine didn't. And so I got tested and found out I had a learning disability, well, more than one, multiple, but my, edu- my education experience through elementary school, I think, was pretty bad. I mean, just bad. I don't know what else to say. Middle school, I had a good time. Did I learn much? I don't know. In the grand scheme, you know, I, I moved to Oregon my senior year. And at the time, I was a 4.0 straight student at, in Oklahoma. And when I moved to Oregon, I took classes that I didn't even have to try and, and got A's and have my GPA drop all the way to a 3.6 and <laughs> learn the, the, the new meaning of like hard work when it comes to education. So I think the Oklahoma school district, while I was going through it, was like 49th in the nation. I think, I think Missouri, Mississippi was 50th and it was just, it was a joke. I mean, not knocking my teachers, you know, I think they did the best they could with what they had, but I think it was just a joke. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, my last comment that I'd like to make, I have an extremely high IQ. I have like, I think, I think I like 124 IQ and I've never been in like any of the quote unquote smart group classes. So that's just my spiel on the U.S. education system. Eddie, I was gonna say that um, the the main thing that you pointed out was, you know, this is this definitely also isn't us ranking on teachers. I think teachers do freaking angelic work sometimes, and it's just it goes underappreciated. And, and we'll definitely talk about that later. Um, Dan, do you want to hit us up with your education experience? Yeah, I mean, mine mine I would say was, well, at least for my elementary and middle school, it's just it was pretty average. I would say kind of what you would expect from the U.S. education system. Um, I guess it wasn't until I moved to Oregon that things kind of got better, partly because it, it was like the area. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. I, I would definitely say my biggest change between schools was um, the schools that I was going to in North Carolina versus the one in uh, Oregon, because the even though the one that I went to in Oregon, the so I moved to Oregon literally right before um, my freshman year of high school, like a couple months um, before. Um, and when I had gotten here for high school, I remember being so shocked actually looking at the high school because it literally looked like a, uh, I know when I told my friends in North Carolina, they were like, dude, it literally looks like a mall, but in in some ways it looks like a modern castle almost even and it, it was just something that I wasn't used to um because it is kind of in a kind of well-off area um which definitely was not like the schools that I was going to before um and I know my mom telling me before we moved here that 
um, things are going to be different. People might treat you differently. Um, essentially, like, I, I guess, kind of look out for the people that, because it, it definitely wasn't going to be something I was used to, because where, where I was before definitely had, didn't have, like, an abundance of rich people or whatever. And so I, I guess that's something that she wanted me to look after or look out for but um yeah I mean that that was definitely the biggest change for me because like I said like I, I guess if you look at it like all the schools I went to in North Carolina they're pretty to me pretty average of what you would expect there um did, did I get I don't know if I can say that I got the best education through those but um I guess it could definitely have been worse too but comparing it to high school where like my middle school and everything would have issues sometimes having money to afford like textbooks and stuff. And then my, um, then going to like, I, I guess essentially like a, a rich school, a rich public school that might as well have been private. Um, definitely was a big change. And I, I guess, I don't know, at the time, um, it, it was a new job for my mom too. So I, I, the adjustment period to such a place was kind of weird because like I go from kind of being, I don't know. Um, I, I guess it's like the, the change that I'm talking about is um, people just having money essentially. Um, and I, I guess for a while it's it took some getting used to because it's not like at, at that time, like we, like my family had any money, um, at least, at least the money that's typical for this, uh, town. So I, I guess that's the only part that I, I could say was, had any random significance other than that. I, um, it, it was pretty, I know I keep saying this, but like what you ex expect, um, I did really enjoy where I was before um in North Carolina like I don't think there was a at least in terms of mental state I didn't have any issues really there um I did really enjoy my middle school and the friends I didn't made there and my elementary school too but yeah yeah um so I went to I was fortunate have gone to private Catholic school for pretty much my entire life. My first experience with public education was going to the University of Oregon. And um, that was a higher university. So, I mean, yeah, I know, I know, Bryce. I know, dude. I Look, dude, I was extremely fortunate. Uh, my education was, I think, pretty on par, if not slightly above average. Um, depends on the area, really. Uh, I think teachers played a big part in that. And what I just kind of, like, felt more confident in like history or um, other classes like that. Um, I was in the higher math division for a while. Um, going through high school, I was on a higher track, I guess you could say. I don't know, math came easy for me. Um, going to high school, I mean, you two know I went to Del Sal. Um, and I think the biggest thing that they, that they, the biggest thing that Del Sal, I think taught me, one of the biggest things, um, the founding brother, uh, the guy that founded essentially was sounding education. Like he is the patron of uh, secondary education. So high school education. Um, and, and I think one of the biggest things is just like teaching should be taken seriously. Like it needs to be held to a higher standard because it's through teaching um, in a compassionate, patient, loving way um, is kind of the best way that we can get the best out of, you know, everyone else that comes next. Um, yeah. Bryce, do you want to talk on that? I think, yeah, I'll say this. I can't think I personally had a great education, but I can speak to probably five or six teachers I had going through that were, I, I don't want to say perfect, but the closest thing to that at their job. And I think at least two of those are the sole reason I am where I am today. You know, two, I can say, had a very specific impact in my life, not even just like on a personal level, too, on top of an academical level. I mean, they really did. Uh, well, I think for me, I got dragged through to graduate high school personally. 
And there's one teacher in specifically, and he really went out of his way to <clears throat> keep me on track. And there were some other ones in middle school in my early years that really helped me confidence-wise, I would say even academically, show me that I, you know, I have a real, I, you, maybe not so much now, but I used to have a real issue with thinking I was like stupid, retarded, all this horrible stuff that, I mean, that's just all I heard growing not from like my family, but like academically, I heard that from some teachers. I heard that from my classmates, my grades reflected that. And when I hit middle school, I did pretty well. And I had some teachers that really kind of pulled me out of that hole. So I think teachers, as much as they get ragged on, are so underrated. It's not even funny anymore. Like, I think you're right. Teaching should really should be taken serious. I in my graduate class, I'm, I'm writing a paper about teaching and leadership, and it's, it's just so vital to society and to making people. I mean, just my take on it. Daniel, any teachers maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I did have teachers I liked for sure, um, but I definitely ran into a lot of the one. Well, I definitely had, didn't have like I guess teachers that weren't my favorite either, but kind of like what you were touching on, Bryce. Um, they, especially uh, more so in the the schools that I was in in North Carolina, they they definitely have to put up with a lot of stuff that really isn't in their job description. So, um, I mean, looking at it from their perspective, I I, I can definitely understand sometimes um, with the stuff because I I think some of this some of the stuff that I've seen. If I had to deal with that, I don't know <laughs> if I, I could. Yeah, Bryce. Uh, not to go on a tangent, but fun fact, I got my first ever pat down from a police officer in fifth grade. Just to give you guys an idea of how bad my class was, got my first ever pat down. Wasn't even the, I think that we had the police come three or four times our classroom. That's what my experience was like. Not saying I grew up in the hood or anything, just a lot of, Eddie, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we had a sniff dog come on my campus in high school a couple of times. No, um, I mean, like, police that weren't at the middle school, weren't at my elementary. They would get called to come. Oh, yeah. Like, quote, unquote, calm us down or gotcha. check our stuff, yeah. you know. I, that's kind of crazy, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I know I had two interesting situations that happened in middle school. That like, oh, I guess a lot of the there's there's just some situations that happened to my uh, middle school that in the high school I went to wouldn't ever dream of happen happening there. Um, actually, as far as I know, because um, I don't know about you guys, but fight fights happen pretty often, especially in my in my middle school. But at that high school, I had never heard of like a single fight really going going down. At least that I know of. Someone might that went there could correct me, but I never saw or heard anything about it. So, uh, yeah. I was gonna say there weren't very many fights, but there were like definitely a few that were stopped before they became fights. Um, there's one that definitely did happen, but that was mainly in middle school, elementary school. Once you get to high school, I think I, I can't. I probably have understated Dallas culture to a point. Like when we talk about when you guys were like talking about sports and, and this goes not just for you guys, but everyone else, about all the fights you had in between and stuff like that. I would look at you guys going, that does not happen. Like that is just not something that was done. Um, you fought in the sport for sure. And you got that shit out there, but like, you didn't really fight outside of that. I don't know. I never really experienced it as much. I think the culture del style was very like geared towards that. I mean, I don't know. Just as my perspective and very kind of protected. I understand privilege perspective. So, yeah. Yeah. I just think like it's important to say these things for the topic of education because it's one big thing. Like it's not just how well the teachers are teaching you. It might be, what's going on in the hallways from passing the class to class. Like, you know, a lot of that stuff can affect you. Like I got, I got stabbed with a deep pin in eighth grade, not like super badly, but I didn't get to go to history class, <laughs> which 
you know, it's just it, it's stuff like that happens. I don't know. I, I... Um, have you all seen the? I know it's been recently going around. Um, I'm not sure if it's specifically like a TikTok or an Instagram reel, but it's that the one dude that does like it's seven in the morning, and they have like stuff going on in like different schools and everything but I, i've seen that and i'm like i've seen that too I've I, felt that dude, yeah bro it's seven in the morning can you guys just keep it freaking down yes, yeah if if you were a teacher going through that i definitely would not have the patience i'd be like yeah. it's too early for this <laughs> yes yeah but dude. yeah seeing those i'm like damn that's i i don't know why i find that that one those so fucking funny uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the one thing about like education gets me and like my own high school experience is when I came through high school back in 2011, 2012, something like that. Um, my, my school is so strict on phones. Here's, here's the phone policy. Let me tell you, bro. First strike, your teacher takes your phone and you can get it back at the end of the day. The second strike you can get it back at the end of the week, depending on the severity, it was a month. Now the third strike, they would break the phone in front of the student. Dude, I've, I've seen kids on their third strike grab the, grab the phone and, like, run off campus, and they didn't come back. I had my ninth grade teacher, her mom was a high school teacher, and she had a black eye because a student punched her to get his phone back so she wouldn't break it. I watched a kid get his phone smashed, right before, I think it was like sophomore year, right before uh, class had ended, ran out into the hallway without his phone and slammed his head through the glass door to the exit of school. I, man, people would lose it. I've seen deaths thrown at teachers. I thought it was such a dumb policy to break someone's phone in front of them. I just, it was never a good idea. But now it blows my mind because I guess they ended that, like the second I left because my younger sister, my younger cousin, he's only a year below my sister, and my other younger cousin, they've all gone through, and they Snapchat me in class, and they'll send me pictures, they'll send me, like, selfies with their teachers, of my, like, old teachers, and I'm like, that's the same teacher that broke students' phones, and now you're taking a selfie with them, and I'm just like, what the fuck, man, this is garbo. Uh, Eddie... Yeah, I think that that kind of like transitions us a little bit, at least to like our next point is that the disparities and like prioritization of things like to your point, you're really going to break a phone in front of a student. Like what? I get the taken away part, but like to break it in front of somebody is just absolutely just, it's just that's not a good policy. I mean, I don't think so either because like, you obviously pay money for your phone so what are you going to get reimbursed for your phone especially Sorry, now man. how expensive phones are so yeah. if a teacher try to break my phone i'm like okay that'll, that'll be one grand thank you <laughs> yeah the argument i was always told was that it was school property once you walked on campus and i don't know man i there were some angry parents at the office at the end of the day but the craziest one of the craziest ones too was we we had open campus lunch and I got my uh, phone taken because I plugged it in my car to play Ox, and I was still in the student parking lot. What? And the teacher literally stopped my car as I was about to pull out. This was like my sophomore year. I just like got in a car too. And one time I had to get a permission slip. I know that later story, but I had gotten hurt and I had to get a permission slip from the school nurse with some dumb policy showing that I was healthy again, and I had my mom on the phone, and they took my phone as I was talking to my mom. Like, I was just in the front office. It wasn't even technical. wasn't even really in the building, and they were like, we're going to give it back to you only because we know you're uh, – I was in some sort of club for, like, people with a 3.5 GPA, which I thought was dumb, too. That the, you know, Just the dumbest policy I'd ever seen. I mean, we would play music in the locker room, and our coach would be like, just don't get caught by anybody else or they're gonna take that i'm like are you kidding me this has gotta be the most ridiculous like that's what you're worried about yeah i think just the misalignment of priorities and not even just from the administrations and teachers and things like that but like even 
bigger as far as the U.S. is concerned. I mean, from my knowledge, um, you know, public education, middle schools, high schools are mostly fueled by property income or property taxes. So, I mean, essentially it's, it's meant to benefit more prestigious, more, you know, affluent communities versus non. And I think that's already just a misalignment of priorities that you obviously don't seem to care that much about education, if that makes sense. Like, at least from my perspective, it makes it seem like, like, Daniel, you didn't have textbooks. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I feel like education is so well, damn essential. Like, like you said, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Education is literally so essential. And we're seeing a flare up of ignorance in the United States. And I wonder why we're seeing a decrease in our standardized testing scores compared to the rest of the world. I wonder why. So I just go ahead. Uh, uh, the one thing that I also want to quickly add, is it, it's not just like even outside of school materials, but like school lunches too. Um, some of the school lunches are just straight up like slop. <laughs> In the long or like if it's even real food, because I okay, I will say there are some fire things that look absolutely disgusting, but are do taste like decent. But um, overall, it's just like you know you're kind of expected to eat that, like really. Um, yeah, Bryce. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here for just a quick second. I don't know how your guys' system worked for getting lunch, uh, or or stuff like that, but you you would. How I always work is my mom would give me like a check for like a hundred dollars and I would take it to the lunch ladies and then I, they would, you know, feed you or whatever until you ran out. God dang. If you were a fucking cent short, man, they would take the whole tray from you and not let like kids eat shout. There's one guy in particular, which I feel bad because we've calling fallen out as friends, but he was smart. He always had his, I don't know how his system was, but he always had like 10 bucks. And man, in eighth grade, I can tell at least even in ninth grade, there's probably 10 or 20 times that I don't know, like I'd be a dollar short and they would not let me eat at all. Like they wouldn't even let me have like a water bottle. And like this dude came through and got me like $5 worth of food. And I always paid him back, but I was just thought to myself, like, I know I can afford it. But what about the kids that can't? Like, obviously, I understand there's programs, but with those programs, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it was dumb that someone, like, even like me that could obviously afford it, I can't get the food. You're going to not let me eat. Like, how do you know this isn't my only meal for the day? And those literally, they were cold about it. I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily them or, like, the policy, but, man, that stuff pisses me off to no end because it happened to me so much, even through elementary school. There was times where it was like, I think my teacher brought my meal because the lunch ladies weren't giving me the food. I'm like, are you kidding me? Go, Eddie. Um, I was going to say, uh, my middle school and elementary school is a lot more regulated. Um, you paid beforehand, your parents did, and you get meals on certain days for lunch, at least. Um, and high school was to pay, but they were a lot more lenient. Like, because it was just a community, basically. So, like, you know, we all work together, so they're definitely a lot more lenient. But people would pay for other people, definitely, for sure. Um, but the thing I was going to bring up is, I mean, there's been studies, and I'll have to, you know, try to find them again. But there have been studies in, like, inner cities where basically when they when they gave kids one breakfast, like, the city paid for one breakfast, they saw long-term increases in attention and productivity and basically just better students in general. Uh, and the LeBron School Dream School in uh, Cleveland does this. They give you two free meals, and it's like insane how well they do when you have food in your system. And again, I think this is a huge misaligned priority. And it's like I get it. You can't pay for everything. I I understand, but at the same time, there are certain things that you definitely should is the bare minimum. And I think the bare minimum is we should supply at least one meal for students, especially. In places where, like you said, Bryce, bro, yeah, you could pay, but like, what about the people that can't? You're just gonna go fucking yeah. hungry the whole day? Like, that's just, you know, I mean, you could tell yeah. how passionate I'm about that. I, I hate that Absolutely. Stuff so much. I mean, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to focus on fucking math problems when you're starving? Your stomach's like rumbling. You're, you're not, not gonna focus. You're not at all. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. that um, we'll take a quick break here for a bum moment, but I think this will take us into the whole U.S. versus some other countries and, and bringing up some of the things that they do um, that maybe we could adopt, not all of it, but some of it. So, Dana, do you want to hit us up with your bum moment? 
Yeah. Um, it's it, yeah. So my bum moment is kind of keeping still on the, on the topic of uh, education, but uh, this was something that happened to me in uh, middle school. Um, I believe, let's see, what grade? I think seventh grade. Um, they, for this period of time, I don't really remember how long we kept this, but I know, um, I believe it was after lunch that we had this implemented, but it was like a couple minutes to do reading time or something before we started class. And I, I think the theory was that they were trying to get more kids to be reading um, because like, I don't, since like elementary school, we didn't have any like reading time or anything like that. Um, so I, I think that was the thinking. Um, but I, I didn't bring a book to read or something to do during it. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to just close my eyes when class starts. Like, you know, I should know, like they're going to turn on the lights and everything. I'll be, I'll be fine. Um, and I ended up dreaming that I had woken up, that we had gotten everything ready, we had done class, gotten class over with, and so when they uh, turn on the lights, I thought they were doing that as in like, oh, class is over, you know, and time to go to the next one, and I'm like, damn, I, damn, um, only to find out that, nope, that was the, I had dreamed all that, and uh, we were just now starting class and I was so, so kind of, I was kind of heated about that. Cause I was like, I really just sat through an imaginary class and everything. And I have to do the same class again. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I was just something funny that I thought. And that, that wasn't the only time that happened to me. Um, actually I had a, uh, the next time was in high school. I had a class that was like, or like it was my first class and it was pretty early in the morning. Um, and I, I hated this teacher, um, but there was a lot of times where, do you know when like you're dozing off and sometimes you can't tell that you're asleep? I, I don't know if anyone else expect, like goes through that, but it was kind of the same thing again, where like I could hear what she was saying and I guess like I could imagine it too. So I didn't know when my eyes were closed sometimes or when they were not because it was kind of like that dozing thing but I guess I had fallen asleep in there and she like really she like woke I guess woke me up but also like called of course like called me out on the class and then got really pissed off I don't know I hated her but yeah so that's 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 my bum moment <laughs> real quick yeah I mean that's happened to me even before less so in middle school and elementary school more so in high school like like we talked about before once once you get to that point where there's sports and then there's homework yeah. and then there's periods and, and then I live, you know, 45 minutes away from my school. So I'm driving an hour there and back pretty much every day. Um, so school for me is a 10 hour occurrence or eight, nine hour occurrence. I'm come six, seventh period. I'm dying. I'm falling asleep low key. Yeah. Right. You Bryce? Can you say something? Dude, do you, I mean, you guys know the hours I work and I worked when I worked in college, like I, dude, if I have an early, like, class like a even like a 12 o'clock class I was sleeping I mean I told you guys story before I working eight hours a week going to college full-time it's just it's a lot on somebody and yeah you're yeah I slept through a lot of classes you know look you know I it's not like I didn't try I have a video of me writing notes and falling to sleep as I write notes like that's how tired I was. So you know, you can knock people for you know sleeping through a class, but it, you know, it's, it's different for everyone, I guess. No. Yeah. But. So we're gonna try and transition a little bit into like kind of our thoughts more maybe on how the U.S. might compare to other nations, and then as well as like even just looking at the bigger flaws and and maybe even suggesting a few things here and there, you know. And also look at like how our society in the U.S. views school. Um, so kind of to start off with a little bit um, beforehand, you know, Finland, and I bring up Finland, I guess, because uh, I happen to learn about it some more in my current master's when they talk about positive education. Um, Finland, like 40 years ago, basically took what the U.S. was doing and then like adapted it and molded it and like kind of messed with it and experimented with it and you want to fast forward 40 years later and they're like 
they've been a top three education country for the last 20 years plus. Um, and part of what they do is they have shortened school days. They give out a free meal. Um, teachers are held to a high standard. Like teachers are the, looked upon as if they're doctors, lawyers, etc. Um, unlike in the U.S., where they definitely are not, um, and there's definitely not enough respect is given for teachers and people in those positions. Um, so, kind of things like that that they that they do, and they found to be very successful for them. Um, but it would be hard to take that into the U.S. mainly because it's like uh, Finland is like five percent of our population. Um, and so, yeah, in different government and everything like that. So it is hard to transfer, but I don't see why the U.S. can't take what other countries do really well and try and adopt it for ourselves. I mean, that's what, that's how you get, that's how you be great. You know, Cristobal's over here kicking it at the ducks because he learned from Saban, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, you know, Amazon's great because Bezos learned from other companies that used to distribute product and go, ah, I can do it better. So Bryce, you want to talk on that a little bit? Yeah, I definitely think it's so crazy to me how it seems like unadaptive the U.S. education system is. Like, I don't know. I'm not in there making decisions, but like, I don't know. Like, I like when I would take some some of these tests and like these courses. Like, I would see, and this is like element, not more like high school. I would see. 70% of the class fail and it was like and the idea would always come to me like why are we trying to learn stuff that obviously no one's getting and I don't know I just like I, I know like in the Netherlands like they how they kind of run it is like there's like tiers to um, your education system essentially like like I think how it works I should have done more research going into this but I think you take a test somewhere throughout the education process and you get put into like a, like a high tier where you might be looking at more of like a doctor lawyer type job. And then a middle tier where maybe an advanced trade school or a doctor, you know, college kind of in the sites. And then like a low tier where maybe you know, do something that requires just less education. And like from, from what I remember reading about it, it was like people, it made people so much happier people that struggle with school were getting these lower ones and it was still challenging but it was not like they were trying to understand advanced calculus and staying up till the next day you know not sleeping trying to understand something that they were never going to use in their lives you know so I, I I'm not saying that you should do that but there's definitely classes I, I took in high school and it's like I've never used it you know, not saying maybe one day it won't be useful, but I don't know. And I, and I always see, too, it's like, why aren't we teaching people about, like, what to actually expect in the real world? Like, how to do taxes or, you know, like, different trades. Like, like trade schools get knocked so, for me, if you were a kid going to trade school, it's because you couldn't get into it, even a JUCO. And that's just not the truth. And it's like, if you went to a JUCO – because you were too dumb to get into a four-year you know I think for me personally I don't know if I've told anyone you know I wasn't going to originally go to college I was going to listen to the Marine Corps and partially my mom and partially just thinking like man everyone's going to think I'm stupid if I just join the military because only kids that can't go to college or whatever join the military and it, none of that's true but that was my perception and like that's, you know, all my teachers pushed me to going to a four-year university. It was not, I don't know. I think where we push the youth and everything like that should be really reevaluated in the U.S. education system. Daniel, I'm, I'm curious, did you feel like, because when I went to an Oregon high school, I did notice that, look, going to PC, is it P, 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 PCH, is that the, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, PCC, that was highly encouraged in doing, like, going the two-year JUCO route or community college route, then going to college. Like, it was not – and even going to trade school was more encouraged. Like, did you kind of notice that at your school? Because yours was way more uppity than mine. Um, I, well, I'm not sure. I know that it wasn't used – I mean – I did know some people that went to 
PCC after, but mo most people went to a some sort of four year um, after high school or had some sort of plan for something. Um, I know some people did take a gap year, but I wouldn't say that was the norm either. Um, I'm trying to, where did most, I know a lot of people stayed in state, went to U of O or OS, uh, OSU, but if they didn't, most of the time it was somewhere in California um, or something. Um, I had a thought of what I wanted to say on high school, but I legit for I hate this. I hate that that happens so much that I just forget. Sorry, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can jog it here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Eddie, I'd love to know because you, you know, I think you've gone probably to the most pristine school that I know of from anybody. And, and I'm kind of curious what the great De La Salle thinks about where to send its students once they're done being great for four years. Um, they actually put up uh, where everyone's going. Like we have like a 98% rate of sending kids to like college or upper division schooling. Um, but they're also proud of people that go in the military, that go to trade school, that go to different things afterwards. Um, but I think among us, I remember it being unsaid, but it was always like, yeah, you're going to college kind of thing. Um, and I think as far as culture is concerned, and, and not culture based on like race or like, like, I mean, culture as in like, you know, general sense of um, thoughts and, and things like that and ideals. I think we should really be trying to shift to like, hey, it's okay to go to trade school. I mean, if that is what you want to do, if that is something that you feel is going to work for you, then go do it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that definitely needs a change, Bryce. You know, I would hate to see someone be looked down upon. And, you know, I, I got to blame myself a little bit for, well, I may never have said those things. I think in the back of my head, I still thought them. And I think I thought them. Yeah. So, and I was one of the kids that was going to do the alternative route. And I was like, you know, a big reason was, man, I don't want everyone thinking I'm like stupid or something. That's why I'm doing this, which, you know, in hindsight and being 24, it's really easy to be like, why the fuck would you listen to what other people think? But when you're a 70 year old kid and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life and you seriously have no clue. I mean, I, I, I hear a lot of times it's like, oh, you have no clue. You're like, join the military, you know, then you figure it out. Well, that kind of goes both ways. You have no clue your life. Go get a basic four-year degree and you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Daniel? Uh, yeah, I was just wondering if y'all felt any sort of like pressure to like kind of do that basic route where it's elementary, middle school, high school, then a four-year um, college or something, if y'all felt pressured at all for that. Absolutely. Go ahead, Bryce. If you want to go first, Eddie, yeah, I'm going to be redundant. Like I said, my original plan was to join the Marine Corps. And like I said, half of that was me not feeling, wanting to think, wanting to be perceived as stupid. The other half was my mom was like, no, you're going to go get a four-year education. You know, she, my mom has a doctorate. Education is something that's very important to her. She's been someone that's I don't want to say push, but heavily encouraged me to also get my master's. I'm not going to say that's the full reason I'm here, but, um, you know, she's someone that's always, you know, been on me about pursuing education and the importance of it. And yeah, that's, that's how I can, I can speak to that. I definitely felt like I needed to go to a nice four-year college. I, I was just going to mention, I think, you know, whether it was a good thing or not, you know, my parents kind of conditioned me to go to elementary, middle, high school, college. And then from there, I can do whatever I want. Um, but that was kind of always like the bare minimum. I think partially because, um, just a quick side note, so my grandparents came from Mexico, except for one of my grandparents. He was born in New Mexico back when it was a territory. Um, and they, you know, migrated to California. And they, I mean, they, some of them worked double jobs, stuff like that. And they sent all their kids to college all first generation Mexicans all went to college. And I'm not talking like, call, I'm like, like LMU, Cal Poly, Stanford, Harvard, like they went places. Um, so I think that's where it came from, where it was like, you got to get an education. You have to, that's the way you change your world. Um, and so that kind of trickled down to me. But now looking back, I mean, I think with 
potentially my kids in the future, um, I'm, I'm not going to pressure them to go somewhere. And if they feel like it's right for them, then it's right. I think there'll be definitely something like I need you to at least finish high school. Um, but you know what I mean? Like kind of thing like that. But from there, definitely it shouldn't be as much pressure to do, you know, four years. Go ahead, Bryce. And then, yeah. Uh, sorry, Daniel. I, I just wanted to tag back on what it was saying. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Grandpa kind of came from nothing, you know, grew up in like a two bedroom shack and had to join the army and use that to get his education. And that was something that, you know, he did a lot of manual labor in his time before he got to have a nice office job. So I, I definitely think that's something that he instilled in my mom and aunt, because I think, I think for him, it was just, he never wanted to see them have to do the manual labor that he had to do. I mean, the hard manual labor, not the easy, like not quote unquote the easy manual labor. And yeah, that's something that he, every time I see him, he's like, get, you know, get it, get another degree or something. <laughs> like, you don't want to be out here shoveling dirt. Uh, Daniel. Um, for me, I definitely felt like the four year route, like there, there's literally nothing else I could do, um, especially based on. Um, how my family is, um, I, yeah, I definitely didn't feel like there was another option. Um, and some of the other options that I was looking at, like, for example, like doing the military out of high school and then maybe doing schooling or going back to schooling later, um, that wasn't even like a remote option. And it's like, once I got done at U of O and I'm like, damn, like, okay, I felt like, um, that would have been cool to at least have explored and it's like um my mom was like well you could have done that out of high school I'm like what since when like you definitely did not make that seem like that was an option of exploring anything else um at all uh yeah Eddie oh, I was gonna just quick I mean I think that's why we're even talking about this right now is it is so important to for the future to be discussing these things but go ahead Daniel um yeah which I don't know. I think if I had known other things that, or at least know stuff that I know now, I probably would have done things differently. Um, say, even if I didn't want to explore that route um, with football, I definitely would have done things differently. Um, and, but I mean, I, I still am not like, even though if I had to do it over again, um, uh, there are things that I definitely would have changed. Um, a lot of it was figuring out, at least with football stuff on my own, but um, even though there are things I would change, it's not like I want to, because if I did that, who knows, we might have never met, you know, and all of that. So, uh, yeah. I think one one question to ask you guys, um, do you feel, so one thing that I was kind of taught, um, at least from my dad more so than my mom, my mom's huge on education. Uh, she's a teacher, uh, but my dad was always, like the bachelor degree is just a certificate. You know, it's just your doorway. It's like your ticket through a doorway. So like, what are your guys' like mentality on the bachelor, master's degree? Um, Bryce, you wanna start us off? Sure, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think the bachelor's degree for our generation is the equivalent of a high school diploma at this point. I, I know you guys saw in the Twitter group, I sent jokingly, not jokingly, a picture of a resume application or a job application for $15.76. You got to have a master's degree at work at this place. You know, I, I think growing up, it was get a college degree, you know, take on the debt. You'll get a nice job once you're done with your four years. You know, you only need four years. You can have all the fun in the world, do that, blah, blah, blah. Get a nice job. You'll pay off the debt in three and then, it's, you know, I mean, you're set for life. You don't need to, you know, people who get master's, they only get master's so they can get doctorates so they can go teach at a college. That was kind of my perception. And now, at least from what I see and the jobs I want and have looked at, I feel like I have to get a master's to get what would be considered maybe 20 years ago, they call it a regular bachelor's degree, you know? I, I just feel like the the bachelor's degree is worthless. I applied for a couple of jobs having that degree within the field, and they tell me I'm underqualified 
and that they recommend getting a master's. And I'm just like, I don't know what to say. You know, I just feel like I'm scared of thinking like the next 20 years, you're going to need a doctor to be a janitor. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that's the case, but, and I think it's, t- it's, it's very frustrating to me because honestly, I don't feel like I've, I don't feel like I learned anything academically in college personally. I think I learned stuff through my social experiences and grew a lot, but and even with my master's program, I don't feel like I've learned anything in my first term. Learned how to write a paper, ish, but yeah, just my hot take on it. Um, Daniel, I, uh, I think you're yeah. someone that definitely can speak on this. Yeah, kind of going off of what you kind of touched on, um, definitely at U of O, with everything that I took there, I definitely feel like I didn't learn that much. I mean, there was a couple of classes that definitely were worth it. And I can say that I did, but it's always, for me, it was always the random gen ed classes, like the information that I actually retained. And then the one for my major, it's just like, okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like I, I definitely agree to some extent that uh, I wouldn't say it's like, I understand what you're trying to say with like, it's worthless in a sense, but um, I guess it's worthless. Um, like, I guess you can get that feeling with it, but without it, then it's definitely worth something. I feel like, um, cause you I definitely, well, I mean, I know you can get, you, you can get stuff done without it, but like you were saying, Bryce, it, it it's really becoming something that's pretty, um, Oh, quote unquote, like mandatory to have. Um, yeah, I mean, Daniel, I, we, me and Eddie, I'm sure both sat here and listened to your struggles in finding employment. Yeah, you know, for jobs that I think when you think about it and say it from like an eighth graders' perspective, is that is work that someone that's a freshman in high school that is looking for a, a side hustle or a side job. Yeah should be qualified to do, you know, especially with the amount of quote unquote education you have with a bachelor's degree, you know? I, I, I'm not saying certain jobs are made for certain age groups, but that's kind of how I think about it. You know, I think if you're in that 14, I don't know how old you have to be to work at 15, something like that, 15 to, oh, 16? 16, 15, 16 15. to, oh, sorry, 15 to an 18 year old age range, you should be able to do you know any basic level job it be like like working in cells and stuff like that and for me and for me I had a hard time getting that job at Coles it's not like it was they you know they wanted to know what classes I was taking I thought it was the dumbest thing ever they were I mean I really thought you know it would be I don't want to say given to me but I would have a better chance because you know I was I had prior work experience and I was almost done with college, you know, but there was people that, I don't know, it's, it's a weird dynamic. There's people that had only worked retail and never, you know, took in one course of college and they were somehow better suited for the job. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's just kind of my take, but I think there's a work. I think there's work that you think when you think of someone that's in our age group that they should be be able to do with a college degree and it seems like that has now been moved to people in their 30s that have probably a master's and maybe a doctorate eddie um i uh i did put in our in our notes thing uh youtube video if you guys want to give that a watch um that's by sir ken richardson um unfortunately he's passed um but he was a professor in the uk um, and you gave him a lot of talks about how we kind of need to change the way we think about education. And one of his things to your guys' points about the bachelor's degree and trying to go on the workforce and everything that we've talked about before, that is a unfortunate consequence of increasing education for everybody is that now we all have bachelor's degree. But part of that too, though, is our mentality is still in the past that that bachelor's degree is your way to a job. So then we treat all bachelor's degrees as if they're all the same. When in reality, these degrees are all different. You know what I mean? Like, like the whole idea of like, you can't judge a fish by how high it can jump. You know, you can't judge a human by how high he can climb. Like those kinds of things, right? Like, um, I think Albert Einstein's misquoted for. Um, 
so I think we need to look at this differently and go, you know, each of our degrees would work in different fields and things like that. We got to start thinking differently, essentially. And that's what he proposed. You know, we're sitting on an archaic system of education that is not advantageous to today's society. And that's not to complain and say, well, we're entitled to more. It's more just we're recognizing some of the faults and we're hoping that we can do better, basically, um, for everyone else that comes next. I think that's the, the main thing um, that we're talking about here. So if you guys want any final thoughts on education, I'm sure we'll come back to this sometime in the future. Definitely. I would just say, you know, I hope the U.S. education system can grow and develop. I mean, I think it needs to adapt to the current situation at hand and try to continue to accommodate different students. I think a lot of smart kids fall through the cracks because, you know, I, me personally, I've met a ton of guys, like people that are really smart. They couldn't do math to save their lives. And, and I was one of them. So they get put in the special ed classes. And so with that, you know, comes a certain mindset. And yeah, I feel like there's a lot of wasted potential just my take. Daniel? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that a lot of, especially a lot of the average schools in the, or if you're looking at solely the average schools in the U.S., there's definitely room for improvement. Um, do I necessarily think that, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. I, I just think that our schools need to take more priority with a, a lot of our funding. Um, and same with our teachers. I think definitely teachers are getting um, underpaid to some extent um, for all the crap that they have to deal with a lot of time that just goes outside even of teaching. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully at some point, some improvements to our education system will happen because I, I feel like with things right now, it stems into other problems that we have in our country, and a lot of it starts with our education system. So, hopefully, like I like I said, hopefully things can improve going down the road. But yeah, those are just kind of my final thoughts on it. Absolutely, I think we're all in the same boat here. I think the, another big thing too is just a culture shift. You know, education is important, and we should be prioritizing that um, for our future. Definitely, uh, it's the only way we can keep up with ourselves, the world, all the challenges we have to face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All right, this has been Struggling with the Bums. Uh, go ahead and contact us on social media. You know, hit us up. Be like, hey, we like this episode. Hey, we don't like this episode. Hey, these are our thoughts on education. You know, whatever it is that you want to let us know. Um, and we appreciate everyone's feedback. And always glad for the support. Catch you guys next time.